All right, everybody, welcome to the Four Outdoorsmen. Before you even get started with that, I got to thank a young man named Steve Turner. He's kick and sing, kick and play guitar. He was he's on the. tall, too. He's taller than I am. He's on the Homegrown Show. Thanks for being here, Steve. And uh, Brandon always gets the best talent around, and you were one of them. It was, it was, you sounded great. It was fun to, fun to meet you and fun to listen to you, pal. So thanks for being on the Homegrown Show with our buddy, Brandon. Brandon, where do you find all these guys, man? How much work is it? It is a lot of work. I'm constantly listening for uh, new artists, new music, but also taking suggestions from anybody. So if you know people out there that uh, deserve a shot on the show, let me know. I used to be in charge of a group called the Strew Crew, and uh, we were we were pretty good. So. Yeah, I, was it a barbershop quartet, yeah. I'm guessing? No, I could fart the Star Spangled they Banner. Are, they actually are blacklisted. And that's here, all though. I that's, could do. But, uh, they're I was not a, allowed in the studio. I was here, a feature performer, crew. yeah. Not, not too many people can <laughs> fart the Star Spangled Banner, but Strew Man can. But. Again, Steve Turner, thanks for being on the Homegrown Show. Strew Man here, the full outdoorsman. Lukey's with me, buddy, my buddy Mark. Of course, that's Brandon behind the glass. And Sam... He's healthy, but he's not here. Yeah, Sam uh, just spent, you know, probably five straight days at the Northwest Sports Show, one setting up and Thursday through Sunday. And uh, For what? For the Northwest Sports Show, for, no, Capper, for, what's it? There for you Capper's go. Outdoors. There you um, go. I had the pleasure of being able to work with him on Saturday and had a lot of fun, so we can talk all about those shows yeah, tonight. Yeah. We have a great show for everyone. We have Brian Claywitter, who is a... Claw Witter. It's close Sorry. enough, yeah. It's close I've known enough. him for 10 years. I mispronounced yeah. his name. He's related but, to that uh, Bob Sandpine up at Sand. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Brian is an awesome guy, a good friend of ours, taking us fishing. He's kind of our resident river expert, yeah, and he's going to be talking about some new proposed – is it proposed legislation, or yes. is it just going to happen? No, it's it's proposed. It's proposed, so, so it has to actually be voted on? Yeah, it's already gone past uh, past one stage already, I guess. Okay. So I don't know I don't know how much about government stuff. But, I suppose uh, it's a little more complicated because there's two states involved. I guess so, yeah. yeah. Um, and we're going to talk a lot about trapping. There's a lot in the news about trapping, and we have someone from Minnesota Trappers Association on. We had someone from that on like eight years ago. I still have a mug. It says Minnesota Trappers, but uh, we're going to talk about trapping and the ins and outs of it, the new rule by a judge um, affecting trapping and some new legislation out there. So there's a lot going on. And happy Selection Sunday for for um, basketball fans. <laughs> My whole family was watching that as I left. Oh, is this the NCAA stuff? Mm-hmm. The final 64? Is that what it is? Yeah. So uh, right after the last game, there's a selection show where they – give the seedings and everything. I didn't watch hardly any basketball all season, but the tournament is fun, and the kids do brackets, so it's it's a big deal in our house. So who do you think? Did you ever choose? Do you guys get into like a tournament, that kind of stuff? You do a yeah, board, we, right? we fill out like uh, bracket sheets, and you know the winner gets five bucks or something. In Have you family. ever gone through the – okay, there's 64 teams, right? So mm-hmm. there's 32 games – Right? Yeah, there's 32, 30, uh, 64. Yeah. There's 32 and there's playing games. There's four playing games. I don't care about those. Yep, okay. Okay, let's see. Yeah, 32 games the first round. Mm-hmm. Did you ever pick all 32 of the first round? No, that's like never never happened, I don't think. Really? Yeah. I don't think in 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 history, I don't think there's ever been a perfect bracket ever. No, picked. no, but I'm but I'm saying you can pick the first round. You can pick all 32 winners the first round because 30 – Sixty-four plays one and yeah. sixty. So usually, the, the, there aren't a whole lot of upsets round one, right? Well, there's a ton of upsets. Is that right? Oh yeah, oh yeah. There's at least, I, I would say, there's at least ten upsets, big upsets every every year. That's fun. That's what makes it fun. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I like it when the small schools make runs, and you know, like Davidson did back in the day. Yeah. And, 
you hear about all these schools that no one's ever heard of, and, and it's fun to watch that. You know, the, I'm not a big, big basketball guy, but I like Me neither. I, I just like, like the, the tournament. I like the playoffs as well, but you're talking about uh, somebody making a big run and, and coming from nowhere, mm. and I never heard of the word Gonzaga until it happened <laughs> 10 years ago, whatever it was. Yeah. All of, they were like 56, whatever, and they, just, yep. they, and they ended up winning the thing. Whatever, and, whatever it was. And then we hired their coach, Dan Munsoner, whatever, oh, yeah. a long time ago. Yeah. And then he was terrible for eight years or yeah. whatever. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, I remember Gonzaga. Now they're big time. They get all our best recruits. So are you going to a big NCAA um, party someplace? Or what, what do you got planned? I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm, uh, I'm trying to plan something because my wife loves it, and it's her 40th coming up. So I'm trying to plan something, but who knows? I'm, fi- I'm bad at that stuff. You'll figure it. You're I'm good not- at that stuff. I'm bad at that stuff. I'll, want me to set it up for you? No, thanks. <laughs> it wouldn't be very, very expensive. Yeah, we've had a big week. You had a, a number of shows, uh, the, yeah. the Northwest Sports Show. Tell us about the activity down there. And Well, let's start with Friday. I went down to the uh, to the Deer and Turkey Classic. You did go down I there. I did. At Canterbury in the afternoon. And I feel a little embarrassed because I ran into Rob Dree's line on Saturday. And you didn't recognize him? No, I recognized him right away. He's a good friend. But I'm like, oh, I went down to your show on Friday. I totally forgot that they separated. Right. He made, he made it known that um, right. they weren't associated anymore. Right. And I totally, I blanked. In my mind, it's the Outdoor News Deer and Turkey Classic. Right. And so um, I talked to him. But anyway, we went down to Canterbury. I went with my friend Barry. Walked around, checked it out. There's a lot of people there. Um, I saw some big names, uh, Melissa Bachman, who works every show in the North America, I swear. All right. Um, she's like eight months pregnant, but looked great. She was super, super nice. And she recognized me right away. And, um, Lee and Tiffany were down there. Big, big stars. Um, Jesse Koskinimi, longtime friend, our bear expert was there. He had his displayed bears, the state records, two of them. Did and, he have a full uh, mount? He had a full mounted one of them and it was incredible. So that's the shout out picture is a full mounted bear. So, um, it's, you know, there, there was a lot of displays. It's a little different. I'm not dogging the show, but it's strange when there's a lot of small rooms and it's kind of a maze getting around, but, um, it was a good show. There's a lot of people there, you know, it's, it, it seems like a different crowd. That's more of a hunting show. Northwest sports show is all about fishing. And so, um, you know, saw a lot of things. There's a lot of stands, a lot of like, um, you know, seed stuff like that for for food plots. Um, it's it's a different show, but it was it was a good show. I'm glad we'll have to get our whitetail deer products gone wild guys to go spend some time there. They'd they'd make some. Yeah, money. yeah, that would be a good spot for them for sure. Yeah, whitetail deer products gone wild is a, a company that a friend of ours, Aaron and Nikki, his uh, lady friend Nikki, they own in in uh, Chitek, Wisconsin, all about deer feed and all kinds of things like that. And, yeah. and uh, they're kicking butt and. Uh, they were nice enough to donate a really nice prize for our Wildwood Lions Sportsman's Dinner on Monday. And uh, so we raised, uh, we got 125 130 bucks for that. That goes to charity. So thanks to Whitetail Deer Products Gone Wild. If you, know what, if you like deer hunting or bear hunting, all the kind of stuff, look up Whitetail Deer Products Gone Wild, and you will buy something. I can guarantee you. The pumpkin it. one is the key. Well, that's, that was the one that started it. That's for sure. Yeah. 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 But uh, He's doing all the deer sense and those kind of things as well. So thanks to those guys. Thanks to everybody else who contributed to the deer, uh, whitetail, not the whitetail, but the Wildwood Lions Sportsman's so, Dinner. That was a lot so of fun then, on Monday. Uh, Saturday was the Northwest Sports Show. I worked in the Capper's booth, and I came to the realization that I know nothing about fishing electronics and rods and reels. No, hang on a shoot. second. You, you work at Capra's on a part-time basis, sort of. You do a radio show mm-hmm. all about hunting and fishing. 
You know nothing about fishing rods and reels. I, I know um, that what I have is cheap <laughs> compared to what was sold. No, it's it's absolutely amazing to me. So so Cappers has mostly top-end stuff, G. Loomis rods, uh, St. Croix rods. Mega Bass was it was a huge brand that I've never really known before. Never but, heard of it. Yeah, But um, Cappers kind of had the only Mega Bass stuff, so it was kind of a draw for people that really know about it. I guess it's from Japan and just very popular. And anyway... The amount of money people spend on just rods, reels, electronics, like drop of a hat. Um, it's just so many people are really passionate about it. Yeah. And people know exactly what they wanted before they even came up, you know, as far as what they wanted for rod and reel. Reels were incredibly complicated to figure out, but everyone knew the very small intricacies in between the two. And che- cheers to the Capra's staff who actually knew how to answer these questions. Yeah. Most of the time I'd try to lure him in and then direct him to someone that knew what they were talking about. But um, it was, I mean, Sam had some turkey stuff, and there were some people interested in that. But fishing rods, reels, electronics, that's thats where the attention was. You know, kudos to, to Sam and his family, the owners now of Capra Sporting Goods on, on Highway 65, actually central in Blaine there, because you were talking about some of the people who were helping do, do the show, mm-hmm. and they were just customers of Capra's yeah. who asked Sam, hey, can we work the show with you? Yeah. Just to volunteer and have a good time. That, yeah. that means Sam and his family are good people. Yes, yes. And and that brand means a lot to a lot of people. So many people came up and wanted to meet you know, the new ownership. Most Half of them came to me thinking I was the person because they saw the picture in Outdoor News. And we have a very similar stature. I'm like, nope, he's the giant ball guy. He's bigger there. than I am, yeah. So a lot of people wanted to meet him. Um, it's You know, the outdoors world is a small world. You know what I mean? And... Big things that's like kind of, that. That's kind of an um, oxymoron a little bit, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, the outdoors is a small... The outdoors industry, I guess you could say. Okay. Well, I understood um, what you're talking about. You I know, understood that. Fishing pros, uh, you know, boat manufacturers, rod manufacturers, real man... Like, everyone knows each other, and it's a community where people kind of move around, and, and but everyone seems to know everybody. Like, it's it's pretty amazing that so many people, you know, knew everyone else that was there, and... And we've been in this business for 10 years, and, like, I didn't know half these people. <laughs> you talked about fishing rods and reels. I'm like you probably even on a lower scale. If if I wanted something really good, I would have to trust that someone's going to take care of me because I know squat. I just want something yeah. to, you know, and uh, how many how many different types of reels and rods? I would go crazy. I mean, so someone's got to be able to teach you to take you to the right level Mm-hmm. And it's going to cost you a few hundred bucks. Well, like anything, I mean, that's a lot of people's life. That's they absolutely. Some pe- you're really into golf, right? Mm-hmm. Some people fishing is their thing. They have 25 rods, one for each specific thing they're going to do. Yeah, <clears throat> I'm changing my jig when I'm, you know, casting for bass or jigging for walleyes. Likely, it's the same rod. <laughs> you know, I have I do have like 12 rods maybe, but um, you know, a lot of them are set up for kids and whatever. So. They have a specific rod for every single thing they do in a specific reel. And each one of those combos is, if they are, are into it, are going to be $800 plus. Yeah. And one reel does not spe- mean it's specifically going to fit or work perfectly with another rod. No, yeah. It's very specific to what you want to do and um, how you're going to do it. So people that really know this biz know what they want. They, um, you know, minor, minor intricacies affect what they want to buy. You know, that's interesting because we're going to be going on this uh, Boundary Waters Canoe Area walk-in trip mm-hmm. April 3rd with uh, uh, Arrowhead Outdoors, one of our sponsors up in Ely. 
And every time we go fishing, we see guys with a whole bunch of different size fishing rods. I don't mm-hmm. know what. I'll go up. I've got three ice fishing rods, maybe four. And I don't know if they're the same size. I don't know if they're the same flexibility. I don't know. what. It's just you got to throw a line down the, down the hole. It's all I know. And uh, Yeah, I mean, it's a little bit narrower field with ice fishing. Obviously, uh, sensitivity and length are important for what you're fishing for. Like, we were fishing <clears throat> with those giant rods for lake trout because you have to go up and down really right, violently. Right. So that's going to be longer, obviously. Um, you know, lighter for sensitive stuff like panfish, but... Um, open water stuff. It's, it's just, it's just crazy. And electronics, everyone wanted, uh, the new electronics and wouldn't blink an eye to spend, you know, $4,000 on a setup. So were there some live cameras sold at, at, uh, at the sports yeah, show? Yeah, they had a few. Um, I, they didn't sell a ton of, of live scopes or, or, uh, you know, units like that, but, but a lot of people wanted, you know, the new hummingbird or whatever. And, uh, you know, they had Lawrence there, they had hummingbird there, um, you know, just setting up their boat in a different way. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it, it was it was nuts. People people were spending money. It was super busy in the morning on Saturday, and then it died down in the evening. I think snow affected that. But there was a spot there where there was 20-plus people in the booth, you know, buying stuff. Cool. Good for Sam. Yeah, I hope, I, he- hope, I hope he did well. I know that this is big for a lot of retailers to make up for actually it was a pretty slow spring with ice fishing um ice fishing was a little bit down because of conditions and i think um you know covid was bonkers for everybody and i think it's kind of coming down to levels 2019 levels and that was yesterday and (laughs) yesterday's yesterday's gone gone. i think covid should not be in the dictionary i think it's done okay we're gone away let's let's get on to the next step yeah i'm kind of you're gonna do a couple of shout outs but i want to do them a couple a couple of things as well i want to thank uh we had our wildwood line sportsman's dinner raised a lot of money had a lot of good crowd and uh balsam beach resort one of our sponsors our part-time sponsors donated time to uh uh, a few days up at their resort south of Bemidji. And who wins this thing out of 225 people? <laughs> Sam Oftedal. <laughs> Sam wins the fishing trip at to Balsam Beach yeah. Resort. But thanks to Clinton Patty for uh, donating I hope that. they don't think we rigged it somehow. Because uh, yeah, we did yeah. not. Yeah. We did not. I know it. And then uh, my buddy Dan Hool, who now owns that beautiful resort on Big Lake, just outside of Ely. Uh, thanks for donating that. That went for about 1100 bucks, mm-hmm. And the uh, retail is 13 you know. So, uh, uh how this works, they don't just give you that. A lot of people just don't give it to you. We had to fork up a couple hundred bucks to give to, mm-hmm. to Dan for donating that, whatever you make over and above what you make. But they were spending money. You know, you donated, and, and Ron Sherrill Productions donated some shotgun cells. Without, without those people like yourselves, uh, we're nothing. You just can't do it. And it was a wonderful time. So thanks to everybody who came and supported the Wildwood Lions Sportsman's Dinner Monday. Well, you work hard, and... Um Usually the donation bin is a who's who of who's been a guest on our show because yeah. you have a lot of connections and, and they're all generous people. Yeah. So thank you everyone that donated, including my company, Round Share Productions. You bet. And um, like you said, it can't happen without them. You got a couple of shout outs? What are you looking at there? I do have a couple of shout outs. I met, I believe his name was Kale. I hope I got that right. Um, from Twin Cities Wallies Unlimited, the gentleman that posts every week on the Four Outdoorsmen. And, a, and he was a great guy, and we talked a lot about the organization. And I also met his wife, who's a member of Women Anglers of Minnesota. She was really nice as well. So it says it was great to meet the legends, Mark and Sam, at the Discover Boarding. Did they ask North about Coast me? Sports show. Well, we were the only ones there. Okay. 
Looking forward to April speaker Sarah and Tyler Trampy from the Sportsman's Journal TV, April 6th. I think it's Trampy, T-R-A-M-P-E, Trampy. Sounds right to me. And our buddy Jesse Koskinimi, who I met, says it was a great time at Minnesota Deer and Turkey Classic. I can't wait till next year. He was a busy man. He had three, over three or four seminars talking bears. So he was, uh, he was the man at that show, that's for sure. A lot of big mounts as well, white-tailed deer and all kinds of things, or what? Yeah, uh, they had all the you know the, Hullish, the wall of shame thing, which is fun to see. Uh, all the Minnesota state records were there. It was uh, it was it was a great show. Back to the white, uh, Wildwood Lions sportsman's dinner that took place on Monday. You were there. You go every year, and I thank you very much for that. My son Mike was busier than the heck raising cows, raising hay, raising grandkids, all the kinds of stuff, building pole barns. He and Erica were going to come. They just couldn't do it. You know, they're all paid for it. So we had, I threw his name in there. He wins a, one of those underwater camera Vexilars. Mm-hmm. That's about five bills for one of those things. And I don't know. I was hoping you would go be going fishing here soon so I could give it to you and, and learn how to use <laughs> that darn thing. Well, that was really cool for him. And what's interesting is that the table you were sitting at, which is right next to my table, obviously, there's a guy who wins. How much was that grill? It's a it's a it's, it's a smoker, right? I would say it's nine hundred bucks. Nine hundred dollars, right? Mm-hmm. There's two hundred twenty five people, and uh, that guy's at our table. You always get people all around you winning crap. You don't win nothing, mm-hmm. you know. This guy wins the nine hundred dollar grill, and he won the grill last year. Two years in a row, that's five hundred tickets in that bin, and he gets them both. <laughs> Two years in a row. That's the good crazy. news is I talked to him and he said he won it last year and it didn't work. Yeah, he said <laughs> he said the uh, the lighter or something didn't yeah. go. Yeah, I, yeah. I said so, you, you love it. I haven't tried it yet. <laughs> he did try, it, but his something. garage is full of smokers that are unused. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. So we're blessed to be able to do that, you know. And um, I spent my wife and I. We both love hockey and with grandkids and whatnot, and and we watched the entire state high school hockey oh, tournament. It was stuff. so exciting. Now, I'm a Matamidai guy, you know, so. Alex Rogaszewski is a friend of mine from the Wildwood Lions as well. You know Paul and Alex mm-hmm. as well. And to watch the, the talent of these kids and, and the upsets and the double overtimes, I, I get excited just watching it at home. I can't picture what a parent would be going through oh, as something like that, you know, or the coaches or whatnot. It's a one-time deal. You know? Well, I like the Minnesota hockey here. Awards. Do you ever watch that? Yeah, as a matter of fact. I checked I, this morning, and it wasn't up yet. I took, I, well, I, I saw who the winner was. Uh-huh. And they had uh, I I won third place. So <laughs> you do have good flow. So my my mullet nice salad. My mullet, my mullet is is coming along, and I won third place. But I still have time. <laughs> I'm going to put my skates back on, and uh, and we'll try to get first place. But it was it was a lot of fun. And you saw you saw the kid with the hockey stick, right? Yeah, the the prom one. Yeah, that was really really cute. As a matter of fact, they already came in and changed yep. the rule. No more, pal. Yeah, the kid you you saw it as well, didn't yeah. you? Yeah, but the smartest kid was the one who did a plug for yeah. like his buddy's dad's lawn service. It was or his. It's his lawn it's service. His? So my, <laughs> my boss knows his father. Oh, that's funny. And so he's just a high school kid that does it, you know, in the summers or whatever. That's right. genius. But so I was, he plugged uh, his own. It was that's awesome. really smart. I was thinking it was like a friend of his dad or no, something. No, it's like, his. I'll give you a hundred bucks if you say because that would be worth it. Yeah. You know, just even like dropping yeah. a kid. Hundred bucks to plug your business, and then he the, can't get a scholarship because he broke NCAA <laughs> NIL. Is there NIL for high school yet? Oh, that's funny. So uh, the next next uh, Minnesota State High School hockey tournament is not going to have a bunch of high moms 
there's going to be a lot of stuff. They're, they're going to shut that down. They'll they, shut it down for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, that's funny. The kid with the hockey stick. Because someone stick, will pay, try to pay someone to say something. The kid with the hockey stick said as soon as they got in the locker room after they won that game, or they lost the game as a matter of fact, somebody from the State High School Hockey Association was in, knocking on the <laughs> locker room door said, yeah, it was kind of cool, kid, but uh, we're done with that. Was, right? If his dangles were as any good as his skills with the ladies, <laughs> yeah. they would have did pretty well. Yeah, he, and his lady friend was hot. She was a cutie. Hey, be right back. Going to be right with our buddy Brian Clawwitter, BK, we call him the Catfish King. Going to talk about all kinds of changes, maybe on the St. Croix River. Now would be the time to check on the jerky. These smokers aren't going to tend themselves. You're listening to the Four Outdoorsmen on Bob Outdoors. If you're in the market for a new pontoon or fishing boat, you have to head down to Power Lodge. Just down the street from our station off Highway 10 in Ramsey. Better than boat show deals on pontoons from Bennington and Godfrey. They have fishing boats, Lumacraft, Smokercraft, Triton. While supplies last, biggest deals of the year, sales, service, they do it all at Power Lodge. That's why it's been my power sports dealer for over seven years. Visit PowerLodge.com. Get the motorcycle parts and accessories you need from Dennis Kirk. Order before 8 p.m. and they ship the same day. Plus, shipping is free for orders over $89. Shop now at DennisKirk.com. How do you improve on perfection? I don't know, but MyPillow.com has done it again. Hey, Brandon from the Homegrown Show here to tell you about the new MyPillow 2.0 with a brand new temperature regulating technology that keeps you comfortable throughout the night. No more flipping, looking for the cool side of the pillow. And right now when you click on the radio listener square and use the promo code Bob, you can get two MyPillow 2.0s for the price of one. Get the best night's sleep in the whole wide world. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, and don't forget to use the promo code Bob. Hey, don't give up on late ice fishing in Ely, Minnesota just yet because I tell you what, now is a great time to plan your late ice fish trip for slab crappies in Ely. I tell you, we're heading to Ely ourselves in early April, Mark and Sam and I, specifically for that. We plan on hiking into the BWCA for another unforgettable adventure. You don't want to wait for that? That's okay. Perfect. Because the last snowfall that came down here beat us in the Twin Cities, missed northeastern Minnesota, and the ice conditions and travel on the roads and the ice are still excellent. And why not rent a uh, fish house from Arrowhead Outdoors and you can catch your trout and panfish in comfort? I'll tell you what, Ely, Late Ice, Arrowhead Outdoors, go get them, folks. It's time for Capra Sporting Goods Ice Fishing Clearance Sale. Get select ice fishing stuff for up to 30% off. Get huge discounts on electric augers like Strike Master, Ion, and Razor. Electronics like Garmin Livescope, Vexlar, Markham, Otter and Eskimo sleds and hubs, rods, reels, tackles, and more. These are the best deals of the year. In-store only. Call or come in for specific pricing on what you're looking for. While supplies last, Capra's Outdoors on Highway 65 in Blaine. You know who has deals? Capra's has deals. You've heard us talk about Devil's Lake for quite a while now, and there are many, many reasons why. To think that 30 years ago, Devil's covered about 85,000 acres. Today, that same body of water is over 160,000 acres, and that story alone brings the curious to visit this wonderful place. But it's the no-slot limit on walleyes with five a day and ten a possession. That's bringing the four outdoorsmen to Devil's Lake as often as we can. Devil's Lake, North Dakota, rated one of the top five fisheries in the entire country. Visit devilslakend.com, and thanks. What do you mean? 
Lulu went searching for fresher powder. We have full classes today. Instructor down at Vesper Ski School. Toward each other to snowplow, honey. Not away. She needs more ski instructors to slalom through the day to day. Pizza, fries. Whoa, Braley, no. Pizza, pizza. Indeed can help her hire great people fast. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. We instantly connect you with quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description. Visit Indeed.com slash credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply. My friend and I are taking a trip to Mexico this year, but neither of us speak Spanish. So we downloaded Babbel and started learning Spanish fast. Want to start getting conversational in another language in as little as three weeks? Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons were designed by language experts to be the most efficient and effective way to learn a new language. ¿Cómo te llamas? ¿Cómo te llamas? Babbel, language for life. Celebrating 10 million subscriptions sold. Now try Babbel for free at Babbel.com. That's B-A-B-B-E-L dot com. My guess is we got a guy named Brian Clawwitter on the phone. BK, welcome to the 4-Hour Doorsman. I'm doing well. It's been a while, buddy. It's been a while. How you been? Not too bad. Not too bad. I'm trying to get rid of winter here. Well, uh, we'll see you in June. That's when that's when it's going to happen in June, I think. It's, we're going to have snow here probably until mid-May for sure. We have to. I hope not. Yeah. Then we'll miss the Minnesota Bound Crappie Contest. <laughs> you got busted a couple of years ago by yeah. not making that yeah. kind. Hey, we, I was at a retirement party yesterday for a, my brother-in-law and sister-in-law. We read Digidio's, which is a wonderful place to go. And there were some people up there from Proctor, Minnesota. They have well over 100 inches up there. This guy said he's got his deck. Who is, it's eight feet off the ground. The snow is level with his deck. That's wow. that's crazy. So uh, yeah, we yep. we we got a long wait, I think, buddy. We're hoping for a lot of freeze thaw cycles uh, at day night, uh, so that we don't have uh, major flooding down here. Well, you uh, you, you just do your magic, because I want to be golfing in Kansas City on April first. So just pull that off for me, would you? Well, you know, Kansas City is along the Mississippi River, and if it's flooding, it's probably going to go into the golf course. (laughs) (laughs) It's on a floodplain. I'll still play. You're in trouble. I'll still play. I don't (laughs) give a rat's butt, but anyway. We're talking with Brian Clawwitter. I tell you what, I call him the Catfish King because we've had him on the air a number of times over the last eight years, and I think the first time was probably about six or seven years ago, and you took me and my son son and me – Catfishing uh, on the St. Croix River. That was was that St. Croix, Missis- that was Mississippi. That was Mississippi. Yes. By by pool, what pool was it by? I don't know. You took me. I don't know what the pools are down there. Well, it was on pool four. There you go. See, I know all about that. As a matter of fact, I caught a I don't know thirty five inches, whatever it was. It was a lot of fun. Caught a sturgeon as well. But that uh, I've got a coffee cup with a picture of me holding up that big old catfish. That I had a cup of coffee this morning with that, but it was kind of cool. But we're not going to talk all about yeah. catfish today because you sent me something about two lines. There's a proposal about two lines of fishing. Was that St. Croix River or Mississippi River or both? What is that all about? Okay, well, uh, we've been trying to get uh, two lines statewide for many years, right. uh, as far as 10 years at least. Right. And uh, actually a fellow by the name of Darren Troseth that runs uh, Three Rivers Guide Service, you've had him on the show here. He's been involved in this a uh, lot longer than I have. And uh, in 2019, we went to the Senate and testified for uh, having two lines, and it was turned down. And uh, 
in, in the past, it had made it all the way to the governor one time, and the governor didn't sign it because there was something about muskies in the bill, and that took care of that. Uh, and it just seemed like uh, every time we got close to having this go through, it didn't. Um, then uh, in 2019, we testified, and when we got done testifying, Brad Parsons, the fisheries chief, came yeah. up to us and said, you know, I think we might be able to do something with two lines in the rivers, but we're not going to do the whole state, the lakes and so on. We're not we're not going to support that, but maybe we can get something going for uh, Mississippi and the Minnesota rivers, which for cat fishermen, that's just fine. Uh, the uh, pool to uh, walleye people would just love it, even though it's catch and release, but uh, they would love to use uh, two lines as well. So uh, Brad, Bob Myers, Sarah Stroman, the commissioner, Bob's the assistant commissioner, they all uh, agreed to uh, put this uh, law together, and it went through the uh, the House and the Senate, and it's passed. Uh, so now it's on to the, the floor of the Senate, and uh, then on to, hopefully, the uh, governor signing uh in the near future. So uh, we've got our fingers crossed. We're not counting our chickens yet, but uh, it's uh, it's from the Granite Falls Dam down to the confluence of the Minnesota and Mississippi River, and then from the St. Anthony Dam all the way down to the uh, bottom of the state that uh, you'd be able to use uh, two lures, actually. Uh, you can use one line and put two hooks on it, where right now you can only use uh, one hook. Um, once you get down to uh, Pool 3, uh, then Minnesota has a law that allows two lines. So it's kind of, you know, uh, messy that way. You better, you and better. that's one of the things they're trying to do is to get the laws the same between uh, Minnesota and Wisconsin for not only less confusing for the uh, enforcement people, but oh, also yeah. for uh, us fishermen, you know. And I don't know how many times I can tell you uh, – that I went from Prescott uh, fishing in that area with two lines, and then I went upstream just a little bit to the uh, just above Prescott on the Mississippi River, and that's inland waters, and I'm only allowed one line there. But because I've been using two on the same body of water, I just flip out two lines, and then all of a sudden I realize that oh crap, I'm in you know inland waters. I can only have one line. So, so you, you are breaking the rules. Ticket, that's where it's going to be. Mark, Mark's got a question. Yeah, so I have a question on, like, I guess specifically the St. Croix, where it is an actual border water, and the laws are different for each state. I mean, how does that work? Is there one set of rules, or is it, like, halfway through the through the river is different rules? I don't understand how that works with, with bordering states. Okay, so uh, let's just talk about the St. Croix specifically. Yeah. If you're a Minnesota resident, you need to have a Minnesota license. Uh If you're a Wisconsin resident, you have to have a Wisconsin license. And if you're from any other state, you can have either license. Okay. And then for Wisconsin, and I'm not going to go through all of them, but for Wisconsin, you can use three hooks or three lines up until the the border, which, you know, if you got a GPS, they show you the, uh, the border on it. But otherwise, it's pretty much half and half. Uh, when you get over to the Minnesota side, you can only have two lines. Okay, is that three? Yeah, now, is that is that all year round? If they have three lines and two, is that all year round? On the on the Saint Croix River. Yeah. Yes, that is correct. 
How the hell do you fish with three lines? That's got to be a lot of work. Well, when catfishing, no. you throw it out there and wait. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, that's one of the reasons why the cat fishermen wanted to uh, go with more than one line because uh, a lot of times you can, you know, you're going to catch one fish all night if you're lucky. So if you put an extra line out there, you, you have a little bit better chance. And sometimes we use it to catch uh, a freshwater drum uh, for you to use for bait. And uh, it's getting hard to get for the cat fishermen. And uh, that was one of the reasons why we uh, would push in for the two lines um, on the Minnesota River. But here again on the Mississippi and St. Croix from, uh, from Prescott on down, we could use two lines or three lines. We've never so, had uh, we've never had a whole lot of controversy about how many fish there are in the rivers, and and uh, so what's the big deal? Who are the opponents uh, of this bill? Is, it, is someone fighting this for you against you guys against us, the outdoorsmen? Well, it's the the DNR has been always against uh, two lines statewide, and you've got. Uh, you know, I've been to the DNR roundtables, and you've got people uh, that are in the uh, Lowax area, yeah. uh, guides in the Lowax area, yeah. and they're worried about um, fishing with leeches in a cork. And you get some people from out of state that have never done that, and then if you don't pull that uh, fish out of the water right away, it swallows that hook, and then you're going to have uh, uh, hook mortality. Yeah, I understand that. Okay. Uh, they're really concerned about that, and not not just Malax. I'm just using that as an example. Um, so, the the large lakes in Minnesota, they really don't want. Well, the fishermen do, but a lot of the people that fish the lake regu- regularly, uh, they don't want that. So, that's kind of where it sits, and the DNR is siding with them. So, this is actually going to be the first year that the DNR is going to be backing us and supporting us for uh, two lines. So, by golly, if the DNR can't get it through, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess that's kind of exciting. So that won't take place in 2023? I'm sorry, what was that? The decision will not be made this year? When, when, when will that decision be made? Yeah, once the legislature uh, signs off on it, uh, it'll take effect uh, a year from now, basically. Well, that's kind of exciting. Let's talk a little bit. I think it's going to go through. Why not go through it? The the DNR is like the Wizard of Oz. You know, (laughs) they're behind the curtain. They they make all the decisions. My guess is you're confident this is going to go through. Well, I'm more confident than I ever have been in the past, but... I'm still not counting my chickens until that governor signs it. <laughs> you, uh... <laughs> which actually, talk, I've actually talked to the governor's office. I've talked to the commissioner. I've talked to the assistant commissioner. Everybody said the way the law is written right now, uh, they're all going to sign off on it. Now it's just uh, getting it through the legislature, and, and uh, when it through, went through the Senate and the House, there was no talk about it. No, there's no controversy. It just, uh, it really wasn't even mentioned. I can tell. I, the phone The phone rings downtown St. Paul, and the lady answers the phone and talks. Hey, Governor, the pain in the ass is on the phone again. <laughs> yeah, oh, how you doing, Brian? Yeah, that's... I, got one, I got one for you. I, I got a feeling you've never heard of before. I used to be a fly fisherman, and uh, this is a, a new law that's going to be coming out if it, if it uh, makes it all the way to the governor's desk. But I've always heard that felt-sold waiters uh, – 
were the way to go on slippery rocks and streams and fly fishing for trout and so on. And I always thought about getting them, but then I noticed as I was reading through this uh, bill that was going through that there, uh, Minnesota's going to be uh, banning the use of felt-soled uh, waders. And uh, I thought that was really odd. Well, it turns out uh, Alaska banned that 15 years ago. And so when I was talking to uh, one of the large lake specialists on Lake City the other day, uh, I said, why are they, is it for the uh, AIS or, uh, you know, the uh, zebra mussels or what? He said, well, no, Brian, it's really for rock snot. What? Rock oh, rock snot, snot right? S-N-O-T. <laughs> I was going to ask you, what is rock snot? Well, you're best off Googling it, but it's... Uh, uh, an organism, organism that, uh, with the the warming climate, has been more uh, prevalent, and uh, you'll be seeing more of it. It's just a gooey mess. <laughs> I don't know how to explain it. I'm not that. I'm not a, a biologist in uh, microorganisms or anything like that. But Google rocks not. It, it's you'll get a whole bunch of stuff. Well, BK, if if it's you're talking lining like the inside of the no, waiter, right? No. On the outside, on the bottom of the sole, right outside, right, for traction yeah. as you're walking. That's what he's talking about. Oh, okay. About. I'm yeah. like, what does that have to do with it if it's on the inside for yeah. comfort? But I get it now. So apparently, I guess I've never had felt-lined yeah. waders before. So you've, so you've never, you've never had an, a, any contact with rock snot? Probably. <laughs> so somehow the, the felt lining on the bottom of the sole of the waders is causing this problem, they're saying. Yes, they don't want to to transfer it to other waters. And apparently that rock snot, once it uh, impregnates into the felt, it it doesn't, uh, you can't get it out. You can't wash it out. And I don't know how long it would take to dry it before it would die, but uh, uh, they just decided to ban the use of felt-sold. You know, I, I, I tell you, so it makes sense to me a little bit right now because you because uh, zebra mussels are, they're, you can transfer them all over the place if you don't clean your boat and know your trailer very much. If if you are in the water with felt on the bottom of your waders, and of course it absorbs the rock snot, the slime from the bottom of the of the water of the lake, and you go to a different lake, you could be bringing that slime to the other lake, and it could be bad. I, that makes sense to me. Not, I, 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 I'm okay with that. So um, yeah, me too. Yeah. Me too. Hey, let's talk a little bit about continuous uh, fishing. Uh, in uh, on, on the Saint Croix, that's uh, that's a big push, isn't it? And describe what continuous yeah. fishing is. Yeah. We got about two minutes. Well, you know, it's uh, funny it, when you asked me about it originally. I didn't know anything about it, and uh, then you sent me the article that was in a Wisconsin newspaper. So I got a hold of uh, Joel Cyrus at the uh, East Metro uh, Fisheries, and he's kind of in charge of that, uh, for lack of better use of uh, words. Yeah, uh, and. The uh, Wisconsin DNR has a process of uh, going through spring, spring hearings and so on, so it takes a little longer for them to uh, get laws passed, and so they're talking about it over there. We're not really talking about it here a whole lot yet, but what they want to do is, uh, from Taylor's Falls Dam uh, to the uh, Mississippi River, make uh, walleye fishing. Actually, there is uh, uh, pretty much everything except for Sturgeon and muskie, uh, they were going to make a continuous season for. And uh, in here again, it's trying to get everything. The Mississippi River has a continuous season on walleyes down in Pool 4. 
And it's been that way forever, well, since 67, 69, something like that. And uh, so that's what they're trying to do up here as well. And my first question to Joel is, now, we know that uh, Pool 4 has Lake Pepin, and it's a walleye sauger production area uh, that is, you know, the uh, a state star yeah. as far as uh, walleyes and saugers. But what about the St. Croix? I mean, do we know enough about the populations there that this isn't going to be hurting them because you're going to be fishing them when they're spawning and so on? And, and uh, he assured me that uh, they've been doing sampling and uh, they uh, grow fast and die young, just like they do on the Mississippi River. Yeah. And uh, uh, sometimes, uh, well, two- and three-year-old uh, walleyes are spawning. Sometimes one-year-old walleyes are spawning, which is pretty much unheard of, uh, except for on river systems. Well, let me ask you one and, question uh, then. Let me, because we have to wrap this up. Let me ask you a question. If you had, if you had the final vote on continuous fishing on the St. Croix River from uh, the dam up there down to the Mississippi, what would, what would Brian Clawwitter vote? What would I, I'm well, sorry. I, yeah, what would, what would you well, vote? I was gonna, How you know, would you vote? I, I'm kind of up in the air about that because, uh, I just found out about this last week and haven't done a whole lot of diving into it. So I'm going to sit on the fence right now. I like to have a little more information before I go one way or the other. You're ready for politics, BK. <laughs> BK ready. Brian's got to he's got to absorb the rock snot first before he starts <laughs> making other decisions. BK Brian Claw, whatever we got to let you go. We're going to have you back on, of course, more often than we have in the past because you. You're smarter than we are, and it's a lot of fun to talk with you. Take care of yourself. I'll get, I'll get together with you on the Mississippi River this summer. I promise you we'll take a ride down to your boat and just have a good time. Uh, I love you, man, and uh, thanks for being my friend, and thanks for being on the show. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. All right, take care, buddy. Say hi to your wife. Bye-bye. Yeah, bye-bye. Hey, get me right back. That's Brian Clawwitter. He's a Ham's beer guy and a can spam. of Spam breakfast guy. He's my, he's my, I'm a fan. Be right back with uh, Gary Lystico. He's with Minnesota Trappers Association. Listen to Total Country Bob FM anytime, anywhere, online at mybobcountry.com. Thanks to Aurora Asphalt and Concrete. Go to aurora-asphalt.com for a free quick estimate. It's time for Capra Sporting Goods Ice Fishing Clearance Sale. Get select ice fishing stuff for up to 30% off. Get huge discounts on electric augers like Strike Master, Ion, and Razor. Electronics like Garmin Livescope, Vexlar, Markham, Otter and Eskimo Sleds and Hubs, Rods, Reels, Tackles, and more. These are the best deals of the year. In-store only. Call or come in for specific pricing on what you're looking for. While supplies last, Capra's Outdoors on Highway 65 in Blaine. You know who has deals? Capra's has deals. Call Dazeal Heating and AC when you need dependable, affordable, and professional furnace repair at your West Metro or Wright County home. Dazeal knows the feeling when your furnace goes out during a cold winter day. If you have a unit that's ready to roll over, Dazeal's team of licensed and certified HVAC technicians are here to help. Dazeal's trucks are stocked to repair any furnace system and can get your house warm and cozy again. Suspect a problem? Call the top dog today before your furnace goes out. They will come running to your rescue before it is too late. DazealHVAC.com you know, every time we talk about Devil's Lake, people think about fishing for those walleyes and all that, and, and the no slot limit, and the five a day and ten a possession, but there's a lot more happening in Devil's Lake, North Dakota. There's something for everybody. Whether you're a fisherman seeking your next greatest catch or just an adventurer, 
Ah, searching for a much-needed vacation, Devil's Lake has something special for you. Plan ahead, or maybe not. Either way, Devil's Lake is here to help you forge those unforgettable moments. Like if you want to go down there ah, March 24th, it's the 18th annual Lake Region Boat RV Lawn and Garden Show. They draw in a bunch of people, a bunch of uh, sessions there for everybody as well, March 24th. It's free admission, and then you can go talk to Susie and find out all about fishing this spring or summer in Devil's Lake, North Dakota. Go to devilslakend.com, and thanks. If you're in the market for a new pontoon or fishing boat, you have to head down to Power Lodge. Just down the street from our station off Highway 10 in Ramsey, Better Than Boat Show deals on pontoons from Bennington and Godfrey. They have fishing boats, Lumacraft, Smokercraft, Triton. While supplies last, biggest deals of the year, sales, service, they do it all at Power Lodge. That's why it's been my power sports dealer for over seven years. Visit PowerLodge.com. Arrowhead Outdoors in Ely, Minnesota doesn't claim to be Minnesota's trout headquarters just because no one else does. They actually carry the largest selection of lake trout tackle found anywhere in northern Minnesota. And much of it is custom made right there at Arrowhead. This season, Arrowhead Outdoors is the only store in town renting ice houses for lake trout. And if you never caught a lake trout through the ice, get ready for an experience worth sharing. Hey, come relish the wilderness and the serenity of Ely area. And let Arrowhead Outdoors help you catch a few trout. All right, let's get right to this. I'll tell you what, Minnesota Trappers Association has been around a long, long time, and I know nothing about trapping, but we're going to learn a lot right now because we are with a young man named, hang on a second, it's Gary. I got it. Gary, hang on. Gary, pronounce your last name for me. Lestico, Gary at Lestico. Well, I tell you what, I said Lestico, but I like your pronunciation better than mine. Les- L-E-I-S-T. It blows off his tongue a lot better than yours. <laughs> Gary's I hear with, you. <laughs> Gary's with Minnesota. I'll never say it wrong again. Lestico, boy. Uh, Minnesota Trappers Association. I spoke to Gary yesterday, and as a matter of fact, it was fun because we just spoke for about 20 minutes just about stuff, and it was just a great conversation like we've known each other for many, many years. Thanks for joining us on The Four Outdoorsmen. I'm happy to be here. Yeah. Now, what is your background with uh, the Minnesota Trappers Association? You've been trapping for 50 years, give or take. And how did you get involved in trapping yourself? Um, yeah, I've been trapping essentially my whole life. I'm 62. Some of my earliest memories are trapping. Um, when I first started trapping, I'd have to have my grandfather and my father set the traps. I just wasn't capable of doing it. Um, the physical part and then I'd walk back in the fields and the woods and set the traps um, they'd help me um, you know grew up going out with them and that's common with a lot of people trapping and it's hard to just get into it uh, the trapping association does provide education there is a requirement which the association sought if they're new trappers they haven't been licensed before the association at no cost provides in-class training and field training, there's always someone that will ask, you know, answer questions of a young trapper or a new trapper, even if it's an older person. Yeah, yeah. Pretty cool. So when you started trapping as a young lad, were, were, you, in the, were you in the state of Minnesota? And if so, where was this? Yeah, I grew up um, north of Elk River on a crop dairy farm. And so we had the farm to trap on and then started trapping on the neighbor's. Um, when I say we, my brothers and I, and then we just expanded from there. 
And um, for five years, it is what I did, um, you know, back in the day. And I spent a lot of time trapping. I have continued to trap, trap every year, including this year. Um, I am an attorney, so it slowed me down going to law school and some college years, but I continued <laughs> to trap even through that. The only years I've never trapped, I was in the uh, United States Army, and for obvious reasons, I uh, was deployed in different places and was unable to trap. But otherwise, always have trapped, continued to trap, intend to continue to trap. Had, you know, my children, my wife, we've all gone. My son, Jake, um, we go out every year. Um, he's living back in the state after finishing school, so it's a very good thing. It's fun. I mean, it's rewarding. It's good, I think, training and understanding there's a responsibility for young people. Um, provides a service. You know, a lot of landowners ask us to come out. Um, I probably trap now on about 35 different property owners. I trap on some public land. Uh, at one time, I trapped on two to 300 lands that I'd get permission for every Wow. Home. Mark's, Mark's got a question for you. Yeah, I've, I've, I have a, yeah. a lot of questions. It's very interesting to me. Uh, first one is, what kind of animals did you grow up trapping in particular? Um, if, if it was in the area, and Minnesota is a wonderful place if you're into trapping, and with the number of fur bears and the populations right now, it is the good old days. If you ever wanted to give it a try, now is the time. I have trapped everything in Minnesota that you can legally trap, from weasels to wolves. Uh, growing up, and it's common with a lot of young trappers, starting out with muskrat, mm-hmm. um, try, you know, evolving the mink and raccoon. And trapping is kind of broken down into two general categories, water trapping or land trapping. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, land trapping for fox and coyote, fisher, pine marten, bobcat, and just evolved through all of those and you know anything i'm trapping that day is the funnest thing for me to trap and and so when i'm trapping weasel it's it is just fun i mean it's uh addicting you sit and and at night and wonder if you're going to have something in your trap which trap is going to have it when you set and i think setting is funner than checking because every set's perfect when you're setting it it's all (laughs) excitement looking forward to it and there's a lot of the traps have evolved a great deal. They're, um, you know, the old image of the the tooth bear trap is not the reality of today. Um, there's been a lot of improvements on trapping and snares, both water trapping and land trapping. And when I grew up, you know, hit the muskrats hard during the open water, and then once it would freeze, um, would kind of evolve into snaring fox and coyotes and bobcat. And have continued to do that. So there, there's a lot of flexibility with trapping um, and, if, and what's available and opportunities. And those opportunities, unlike some things in the world, they have expanded over the years. So it really is a good thing to do, notwithstanding fur prices go up and down. And they have been somewhat down in recent years. They're coming up a little now. Um, more people are getting into it. The, um, the Trappers Association, we educate more people it's picked up last couple years is the heaviest demand on uh, people wanting to have the certificate the training and education so they can get the license cool so i wanted to speak about it seems like legislation and stuff is is kind of on an anti-trapping push lately we read in the outdoor news i can't remember the name of the representative but it was in a bill with a lot of stuff like against lead weights and things like that 
trying to restrict the size of snares and just seems like it was putting uh, a heavy burden on trappers. Can you do you know anything about that proposed bill and, and what are your thoughts on it? Uh, I think I know quite a bit about it. Um, I don't agree with it. The Trapping Association doesn't. Trapping is already mm-hmm. the most heavily regulated outdoor um, uh, sport, if that's what you want to call it. Yeah. Um, hunting, trapping, fishing, um, there is. And that, just like many things, if you put restrictions and it still indicates you can legally trap on paper, but it's not meaningful... That's what these the legislation right now would do. It right. would put heavy restrictions. You know, the water set a, a water set is defined currently under the law is that the trap has to be for body grip, commonly called conibear, mm-hmm. heavily used for for beaver, um, which helps out landowners, road authorities, foresters to remove beaver. Minnesota's heavy population of beaver. There's yeah. trappers. A number that get two to four to six hundred beaver every year. Wow! Um, a lot of a lot of damage control trappers get called out by counties, townships. I've done that. Um, did it heavily back in the day. Still do some of it. And the, the, just re- making the water set, which currently needs to be at least half in the water. So if it's a ten by ten inch of what's typically called a three thirty conibear. It, it now has to at least be five inches of the water. If it's five inches in the water, you know, dogs don't go in it. Other things don't go in it. It's it's strictly uh, very specific for beaver. Uh, one of the legislative proposals is it would have to be completely underwater. It would, you have to trap to understand it. I could take mm-hmm. you out and show you. And, and you're, you're going 10 to. Of them. I am going to do that. Yes, I could you are. 10 of them. Yep. I could set 10 conibears in the spring, which is where the majority, heavy number of the beaver are harvested in the spring season. It's the only fur bear in Minnesota that has a spring season. And um, if we took 10 traps that are half in the water and 10 traps that are completely in the water, you would see in a couple days checking why it's so important to have this. Um, With the body grip on land, it requires that the trap be four or five feet elevated. Um, it just doesn't make it meaningful. It's mm-hmm. like saying, um, loggers, you can go log, but you can't use a chainsaw, you can use a hatchet. I mean, it just, <laughs> it, 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 it just isn't meaningful. Nothing will get caught in that trap. Right. Um, even with coon, they can climb. Bobcats can climb. You never catch a bobcat. I've tried it. You almost never catch a coon. And then with snares, the, the snare, would it, it has to be staked in the ground, which is extremely hard in the winter. It's frozen ground or you're trapping on ice. Just about impossible. Very difficult uh, to do. And then that, that's no um, brush can be within the span of the, the snare. What that means is if it's a 7-foot cable, you can't have any brush in a 14-foot circle, 7 feet around the stake in all directions. The animals just aren't going to go into that. It'd be like going out... Um, the day before uh, deer season and clear-cutting an area, you know, a quarter of a mile around your deer stand. It just would make it essentially impossible. Once in a while, somebody would get a deer. Once in a while, somebody will snare something with those restrictions. And there's no good reason for it. Um, I think the, the representative in question, um, you know, has brings up the point of uh, incidental take of domestic animals, principally dogs. Any dog that's caught is a tragedy. There's no doubt. Right. Uh, but uh, trappers and this trappers association specifically has asked for additional legislation 
um, that does put restrictions on body grip traps on dry land. Um, it, it doesn't make it as easy for trapping. We push the season back, but there's still we know trapping. It's still meaningful, um, and it has reduced the number of dogs caught uh, to just about zero. There are dogs caught once in a while. They're almost exclusively roaming dogs that are uncontrolled. And if you, everybody knows if you let your dog go and it's gone for a couple of days, it's going to get into trouble. Yep. Typically hit by um, a car, somebody shoots it because it's in their chickens, that type of thing. Yeah. And so we, we do care, and we've been educating people. There are places to set a trap, and there are places not to set a trap. So the restrictions are, are troubling for trappers. We've been working on this, educating trappers, working with other groups. And, um, and, and you know, the woods is for everybody. It isn't yep. just for one group, and the trappers just want to have, you know, part of that. Another thing is there's what's called a dog-proof trap. It's an encapsulating trap in the, in the bill. And it would um, severely limit these, and these traps are used nationwide, um, they're called DP by trappers, dog proof. They really are. Um, they're very safe. I've used them many times. Someone will call up and, you know, one of the places I trap, they'll call up and say, hey, I got the coon or I got the coyotes or I got the, the fox and, and my chickens or my cattle. And if it is coon, I'll go set the dog proof traps. They don't have to worry about their dogs or their cats. But there's just a misplaced, um, I think, belief in these statutes that they have to do something. And it's unfortunate. You know, there's further restrictions on trapping for trespass. One of the bills this season um, would drastically change trespass law in the state for everybody, all outdoor activities, hunting, trapping, fishing, everything. Wow. Uh, and, and, you know, there's no outcry that there's a concern about trespassing. Everybody knows if you don't want people on your land, tell them you don't want them there. Post it. Everyone will stay away from it. If they don't, they're an outlaw just like any other outlaw, and that's an enforcement issue. Yeah. So, you know, and it's unfortunate because trapping is fun. Um, I grew up on it. My kids grew up on it. Um, notwithstanding prices are low, it, there is a resurgence of trapping. Um, it's one, you know, it's, you get to go out in the woods. It's like everything else. Mm-hmm. Taking a deer is the excuse to be out in the woods. <laughs> you know, yeah. that's and, and, and trapping is the same way. And, yeah, I, I do invite you to go. And I, um, you'll, it's, 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 it's addictive and, um, and it's fun. I'm going to bring my grandkids. We're talking with Gary Lestico from, uh, He's from, uh, you're out of the St. Cloud area, aren't you, someplace up there? And he's with Minnesota Trappers Association. When you were a kid and you started trapping yourself by yourself, did you ever, did you, did you ever eat anything you trapped? And if, obviously you made some money on the pelts. Um, yeah, I mean, trapping is it's a, it's a, a learning. Um, and after having trapped significantly for over 50 years, uh, some things you do, you don't even know that you're doing them different, but you just know you catch more. Yeah. And so there, there is a very heavy lit uh, learning curve. Um, you know, in numbers, they're, they're, it's fun to try to set a goal and try to get a number, but it's really about getting out there. Um, took me quite a while to figure out how to catch bobcats. I just, bobcats are bobcats. So 95% of coyotes are like 95% of coyotes. 95% of cats are different than 95% of the cats. They're just a very specific um, animal. It took me quite a while. Um, took me six years before I finally caught one. I've caught hundreds of them since then, 
Um, but there was a heavy learning curve. And so growing up, you know, pocket gophers, striped gophers, muskrats, coon, um, woodchucks under the shed, you know, that type of thing. And just stuck with it. Not everybody does, and that's fine. Yeah, I'll tell you what, Gary, we got we got to break this up. You got the uh, the real talk outdoors comes on at seven o'clock. Would you do us a favor? Is it possible that you can be on for another twenty minute section session next week as well? This is just too much fun. We have a ton of questions for you. Would you be available sometime next week? Sometime, yeah, me too. All right. Sometimes we pre-record. I'll call you when we figure out we're going to record the show. This is live tonight. Gary Lestico of the Minnesota Trappers Association. I, I've just got way too many things to ask you, but we're going to have to have you on early next show, and uh, we will talk, all right? That's fine. You just let me know, and I will be there. I'm the trapper guy, and I like talking trapping. All right, and uh, you've got to figure out a date when I can come up with my grandkids and see all those uh, all those uh, traps you got. I think it's it's. I just can't wait. I'm excited about it. Gary Lestigo, Minnesota Trappers Association, thanks for being on the Four Outdoorsman. Plan on next week. I will call you midweek. We'll figure it out, all right? Sounds good. Thank you. You have a good, you, everybody listening, have a good week. You bet. Thanks, Gary. Take care of yourself. Hey, we got to head out of here. Real Talk is out outdoors this neck with the boys. This has been a lot of fun. And this yeah. this is something we can talk about for a long, long time. Thanks to Gary. Less to go, Minnesota Trappers Association. Brian Clawwitter, the catfish king. Have a great week, everybody. Mark Lukey's got something to say. Get outside and make some memories. <laughs>